what we're going to talk about today. Now, this is a little bit of a different talk than I usually give. Usually we talk a lot about the Bible. We talk a lot about what God wants for us and what he's trying to tell us and teach us through his word. By the way, next week we're going to start a new series going through the book of Genesis. And I hope that that will be beneficial for you. Hope it'll be a blessing to you. I'm excited about that, but I'm, I'm really excited about today. Uh, even though it's not going to be that kind of a talk, I, I want to share with you what's happened kind of in 2018 and what we foresee God doing in 2019. Uh, God has been using this church tremendously. I wanted to uh, uh, share this with you. And as I started to put this together, I thought to myself, man, I just don't feel like we got that much done this year. And then I started putting all these slides together. I'm thinking, man, I'm exhausted. I got really tired putting all this stuff together because to really just see how much uh, God has done for us this year. And um, I, I just want to share that with you. Now, it's not all good news, uh, but most of it is. And we'll talk about that as we go. But we look at a lot of different measurements uh, when we talk about the church. We are concerned about our church growing and about us actually pushing back the darkness in Clay and Platte counties. Uh, we are concerned about always uh, uh, growing in the three areas that the book of Acts talks about. In the book of Acts, we see God's church growing numerically, we see it growing spiritually, and we see it growing geographically. And the fact is, healthy churches grow and sick churches die. And so we always want to be a healthy church. Our, our focus really is more about being healthy than it is about growing, because we know if we focus on our health and our health is good, then our uh, growing will just take place after that. Uh, before we get really into it, uh, there is a survey uh, or a poll that I'd like for you to take if you're on our app. Uh, if you haven't done this yet, if you'll go to the app and just uh, open it up, and there's a little panel on there that says poll, P-O-L-L, and I'd like you to take that poll, just take it once, and I'd like you to take that poll. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later in uh, the talk today. Uh, but uh, uh, do that if you have a chance to do that right now or here in the next few moments. So let's talk about some measurements that matter. It's going to be a lot of facts and figures, but I think it's important that you know these things. Uh, many people in our church uh, don't come to business meetings. We actually have business meetings once a quarter, and in those business meetings, we talk about all the ministries that we do. We talk about the finances. We talk about all the things going on in the church, and almost uh, there's just not very many people that come. And I've asked a lot of people, why did you ever come to business meetings? And they go, well, we think everything's going great. Why would I come? Well, you don't have to wait until the you know, Titanic is listening to one side uh, to come to a business meeting. You can come all the time and celebrate with us all the cool things that God is doing, uh, not just be worried about the things when things are going bad. So, uh, so kind of in lieu of that, I always take the first Sunday of every year and just take you through some measurements, some numbers. I hope it doesn't bore the snot out of you. If you love this church and you love what we're doing, I think it'll be interesting to you. I hope it is. Um, and then we'll talk about some things in the, at the end that I think are really important. But first, let me just show you some measurements that matter. On this chart, I hope you can read it from there. On this chart, uh, you've got some things on the left, and then we've got the 2018 goal, what we actually did, and then our goal for 2019. Uh, and the two big areas that are just the most important are baptisms and salvations. Uh, our goal this year was to lead 12 people to Christ. Now you might think, well, gosh, that's not very many. It's just one a month. That's true. Uh, but actually, for churches our size in this area, that's phenomenal. If we can do 12 a year, uh, churches just aren't leading people to Christ in this area. And I'll show you more about that uh, here in a little bit. But we actually led 17 people to Christ this year, which is ex just exciting. And our goal for next year is 20. We, our goal for baptizing people is 15 this year. We baptized 16, and our goal next year is 20. And so those are two of the very most important things 
uh, that we can do because those are lives whose eternities are changed uh, for Christ. Uh, they've given their life to Christ and we need to measure those because they're important. And by the way, some people uh, really shy away from numbers. They say, oh, all you pastors are interested in is numbers because you like to get together at pastor meetings and talk about how many people you had or how many of this. Uh, look, we don't do that. That's just goofiness. Uh, the reason that we talk about numbers is because there is an eternal soul connected to every number, okay? That's what makes them important. If you look through the book of Acts, there are many times where the Bible talks about how many people came to Christ. So if they're important to God, they're important to us. Our goal for um, attendance was to reach a 300 average. Now, our actual goal in attendance is uh, 204 right now. We're going to keep the, the uh, goal at 300 for next year because I think we can do it. This is probably the, the one area that our church is waning in the most, uh, is just in attendance. Uh, most of the years, that, since our church has been going for 12 years, we've never really had a summer slump. Well, this year we had a significant summer slump. And then uh, just, it just didn't get back up too quick, you know? And so we've been kind of struggling with our attendance. Now, part of that is also the fact that people's ideas in changing, is changing. Uh, in 1980, a person who considered themselves committed to their church only missed one Sunday out of every two months. Today, somebody who considers themselves uh, committed to their church comes once every six weeks. And it's really amazing sometimes when I'll be out at Zona Rosa or something and some young person will walk up to me and go, hey, Pastor Michael, let me introduce you to my mom and dad. I have no idea who they are because they, they consider this their church because they've been here once or twice, okay? Uh, now, that's, that kind of idea has changed a lot, but I want to encourage you all to, to have consistent attendance. If everybody, and I just do these kind of weird things because I'm kind of a weirdo statistic guy, uh, but if everybody in our church who we believe is really committed to our church by their heart and by other ways, being involved in ministry, things like that, if we did that, we would be averaging 300 if those people came every week, or even if they only missed once every two months. We would be averaging that. So it's not only getting more people to come, but it's getting the people who are here to come more consistently. Another thing that we measure is guest retention. Uh, the average for guest retention is 10%. Now, we, choose, we, we chose the number 50% because that's what we can track. In other words, uh, there are a lot of guests, if somebody walks into the service right now and sits in the back, they fill out nothing, and they walk out and leave. We have no idea who they are. We, we, we just don't know how to count them. Okay, we, we can't count them. So we've chosen to kind of do the ones that we can count and just bump the number up so it's kind of more realistic. Um, and so if somebody comes in and we either know who they are or they're coming with a family member and we can connect them that way and we kind of know who they are, uh, or they fill out a card in some way, some, either a connection card on the app or, or um, in the seat back in front of you, um, we'll count them, but our goal is to get 50% of all of our first-time guests to come back a second time, and then 50% of those that come the second time to come the third time. Because guess what? If somebody will come and visit three weeks over the course of about four to six weeks, they have a really good chance of sticking with us. So we want to connect with them. We want to minister to them. We have a gift for first-time guests because we want them to know that we value them, that we care about them, and we want them to come back. And we're at 50%. We're trying to get 50% as our goal. We're at 49%, so we're just a squeaky little bit under that. And we're going to keep that goal for 2019. Community and core groups. Our goal is to have 80% of our members 
involved in either a community group or a core group. Community groups are couples, singles, whatever, just a group of people like 10 to 14, 16 that meet every other week for fellowship, for connecting, for some uh, Bible study, for praying for their lost friends, all those kinds of things. And then core groups are smaller groups of uh, three to six people uh, that meet for intense discipleship. Those are same gender because we talk about some things in those groups that are best left to talk with uh, just in the same gender. But if you are in either a community group or a core group, we count you in that that number. And so our goal is 80% and 80% of our church is in one of those two groups. So we're doing well there. We're going to keep that the same. And then ministry involvement, our goal is 80%. That means we, we expect or we want 80% of our congregation to be involved in some kind of ministry. Now, that may be the refreshment ministry of getting donuts once a month and helping out with that. It may be uh, cleaning the worship center once a month. It may be working in the children's ministry every week. It may be a lot of different things. Uh, but our goal is to have everybody serving the body of Christ in some way. We believe that's biblical. Uh, we believe that's right. And um, our, so our goal is 80%. Now we know that some of you go through seasons of life. That's why it's not at 100%. You know, uh, theoretically, it should be at 100%. But we know that you go through seasons of life. If somebody um, has a new baby for the first time, we know you're doing really good just to make it to church, you know? So, so we don't want to tax you and, you know, overextend uh, you. Uh, but, but everybody should go through that season and then get back on track of serving the body of Christ. We're actually at 65%. We're going to work really hard at getting that backed up to 80% this year. Because here's, here's why we think that's important. One, all of those things are biblical, first. But second, if somebody comes to Fellowship of Grace and they start coming consistently, if they don't get in a community or core group where they build relationships with people and they don't get involved or they don't get involved in ministry where they're connecting with people through ministering to others... It's going to be about six months, and one of us is going to go, hey, have you, have you seen the Smiths lately? You know, I haven't seen them. I don't, I don't think they're coming here anymore. They've, they've just dropped off the face of the earth. If you don't get connected somehow in the first six months, chances are very high that you won't stay, and we want you to stay. So we want to get you connected. That's the reason we have all of those numbers. Let's talk about finances for a minute. Now, finances are not important in and of themselves, except that they are a reflection of the generosity of a church. Uh, This is something that Jesus talks about a lot. In fact, he talks about uh, money more than any other subject except hell. And so um, it's really important for us to think about how our church is growing in its generosity. So let me share with you some of the numbers. The general offering last year, and the columns are different now, it's last year's actual, this year's goal, and this year's actual. So last year, our our actual uh, offerings were 332,000 for our general offering. Our goal was 365, which is a little aggressive, but we finished at 359, which is a significant improvement from 332. Now, let me tell you why that's important. Since our attendance has not gone up significantly, but our giving has, that means our congregation is growing in its generosity. Now, if we, if we gained a, you know, 100 more people and we were only up a little bit, then basically we're connecting with people that aren't generous, all right? But the reality is we're not, we're not growing numerically in attendance, but our giving is growing. So that's kind of a cool sign of health in the body that is here. Uh, I've broken that down for you weekly. In 2017, the actual was 62.66 a week. Our goal for this year was 7,020, and we actually were at 68.96. And so that is roughly, well, that's exactly $630 more a week, which is a significant increase for a church our size. Now, here's the really cool part about all that. 
you see the growth from 332 to 359, which is pretty good even of itself. But on top of that, because we're doing this little thing out front here, uh, people have given 57,000 to just the building fund on top of the general offering. So that means our actual overall giving this year is 416,000 compared to last year's 332. So that's a big, significant uh, growth there. Uh, I just want to tell you, man, I'm proud of you. I, I don't want that, want that to sound condescending. I, I'm proud of the way that many of you are growing in your generosity. Uh, I know some of you are making sacrifices to uh, just be more generous person. You believe in the ministries here, you give to them, and it's really phenomenal the way that God's used you. In fact, in December, well, we don't have everything finalized yet with the numbers, but it looks like our December general offering will be a record at 47,000 just for the month of December. And if you multiply that by 12, you can see how good that is. So I just wanna, I just wanna commend you. It's great uh, to be on a, um, in a situation where people are growing and not dying, where people are growing in their generosity. And uh, you know, we don't have to worry about, hey, are we gonna be able to pay the pastors next month? Hey, are we gonna be able to do these things that we need to do in ministry? Are we gonna be able to keep supporting everybody? Do we need to start cutting off missionaries? We don't have to worry about any of that here because you guys are so generous. And so I just wanna thank you for that. Let's talk about the building for a minute. We started this new expansion of the building this year. Uh, I don't know if everybody knows this, but we went through a drought this summer of about eight weeks with absolutely no rain. And the moment we broke ground, on the building, it rained or snowed every week for like 10 weeks. It was really amazing. So I know now how to, how to break a drought. You start a building process and need to pour concrete and have to wait and wait and wait. So we're a little bit behind on that, but I want you to know that the lobby and the restrooms and the connect room that are all in this, this phase that's going on right now, that will be done by the end of February. And yes, ladies, let me answer the question. There will be room for your legs in the restroom. Okay, that's very, yeah, amen. <laughs> All right, and, and, so, and guys, if you haven't been in the women's restroom here, there just isn't. It's, it's, uh, it's just, let's move on. Uh, that's what we done in February. Phase two, which is going to be the part right here, out here, right here in front of us, um, that is going to be done by June. Now, what's going to happen is uh, they need to do them in phases because we need access to this room. All right, so they're going to finish the lobby, and that's going to have a corridor that comes down this side and has some new doors right back here in the corner that you'll come in for the uh, worship center here. And then we're going to knock out the front of the building, literally the outside of the building, move it out about 20 feet, and put a new classroom right here behind these doors so you won't ever have access to the worship center through those anymore and um, have a big new children's check-in area. But to give us access to this room all the time, they have to do it in phases. So that's when those will be done. I'm excited about it finally being done. Uh, let me tell you about some things that went on this summer and some mission things that we've done. I want you to know that it's not just Sunday mornings that you come to. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, every Sunday when you give, when you're that generous, uh, we support missionaries through the cooperative program. Uh, we are a Southern Baptist church. And we support missionaries through the cooperative program. That means that we cooperate with other Southern Baptist churches. We pool our money and we get missionaries on the field quickly. We sponsor literally three to 4,000 missionaries all over the world. And we are a part of that. We give to that uh, every month. Uh, we went on two mission trips to the Missouri Baptist Children's Home. The Missouri Baptist Children's Home is it's, uh, hard to describe. 
It is a, is a home for children who have either been given up by their parents, who have been taken away from their parents, who are in transition from one parent to another parent uh, through a course of scenarios. The courts are involved. And these are kids basically without a family right now. We go there and we minister to them. Sometimes we go and just spend the day playing games with them outside and do some stuff. Sometimes we'll build something for them. We do all kinds of different things, but we've been there twice this year. We went to the Purpose Church in Mascuda, Illinois. Just like Fellowship of Grace was a church plant uh, 12 years ago, Mascuda, Illinois, uh, they planted this church called the Purpose Church last year. And we went and were a part of their launch. Helped them do a, um, a big block party to minister to people in their neighborhood and connect with them and to help them get started well. We also took a trip to Man uh, Metro Manila in the Philippines. And I think our um, series of years to the Philippines is kind of coming to an end. And we're looking for another international partner. Um, we'll talk about that more later. Uh, but we did went there this year. And then we continue to support the Parkville Women's Clinic. Uh, this is um, uh, a women's clinic that helps uh, women who find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy and uh, counsels them and helps them, loves them, encourages them, and uh, helps them through the process of not only having a baby, uh, but, but caring for their infant and giving them classes and things uh, to go on forward and, and just help them be good moms and dads. Uh, we also support Hillcrest Transitional Housing. That's a, um, it's a group of apartments, basically, that are given to people uh, for a transitional period. So if somebody's homeless, and, but they've got a job and they don't know how to get themselves kind of on their feet. They can go into this program. Uh, they'll move into the apartment. They'll have some classes for, depending on which program it is, six months to the, the juvenile one is 18 months. And they'll help them budget their money, help them get on their feet. And hopefully through this whole process and this ministry, they'll go in homeless with nothing and they'll come out of that ready to be self-sufficient and, and actually be a you know, contributing person in society. And so it's a great ministry, and we support one of, their, um, one of the apartments. And so every time somebody moves out of that, finishes the program, or drops out of the program, we furnish it either with furniture that's missing or with um, uh, food and that kind of stuff to just help them get started. We had 19 different people who participated in going on mission this year, and 14 are brand new first-timers. Uh, so that's very exciting. One of the things that we uh, want to encourage is that every three years, we believe every single person at Fellowship of Grace should go on mission somewhere. Now, not everybody can afford to or can be off work to go to the Philippines or somewhere else in the world. Uh, but listen, everybody can spend a Saturday at the Missouri Baptist Children's Home. Everybody can uh, go to the Parkville Women's Clinic, which is literally a mile from here, and help on a Saturday when they need to, to revamp something or do something. So all of us can be a part of that. We also did three sessions of Financial Peace University. Uh, this is a 10-week course to help people learn to budget their money, to plan, and basically learn to uh, manage their money instead of letting their ma money manage them. And uh, we've had a lot of people go through that. What's really cool about that particular ministry is only about, I'm, I'm ballparking here, I think about a, a third of those people that have been through that this year are actually members of Fellowship of Grace. The other two thirds are from the community. So there are people, many of them, unchurched, that don't attend church anywhere, that just feel overwhelmed by their money. 
and uh, they're coming here to get some help financially to get organized and, and on the right track. And we get a chance for 10 weeks to not only help them with that, but to connect with them and hopefully share the gospel with them, the good news about Jesus Christ. So a lot of stuff going on this last year. We also did Vacation Bible School, which was a big hit. We had a lot of people from the community come to that. Uh, we did youth camp. Um, uh, Christopher Arjun and Megan took the kids to youth camp. I guess Megan didn't go, but uh, <laughs> they took the kids to youth camp. Uh, and we, we need to be doing this, folks. The, the vast majority of kids in church who receive Christ between the ages of 14 and 17 make that decision at youth camp. Okay? It's kind of like you know, you're telling your kids something over and over and over and over again, and they don't listen, but then the teacher says it one time, and they're like, oh, my teacher's so smart. You should have heard what they said today. It's kind of like the same thing. They hear the same thing at church all the time, and then they go to youth camp, and somebody else says, and they're like, oh, that's wonderful. I'm going to give my life to that. That's kind of how that works. And then we also did upward basketball. We did a camp during the summer, and then we did a 10-week season in the fall, and that is really not a sports ministry. That is an evangelism strategy. It's a way to connect with people in the community and um, uh, share the gospel with them, share the good news about Jesus, and also teach your kids a little bit of basketball at the same time. So a lot of stuff going on in 2018. Uh, we also are a year and a half right now, a year and a half through our 3G campaign. Now, we started this campaign a year and a half ago. Certainly, we needed to raise some money for the building, but we don't ever want to do a building campaign because, folks, what we're doing here, the focus is not on the buildings. We need buildings to be doing ministry stuff, but that's not the focus. That's not what's important here. And so we, we thought it was really important to have a growth campaign to go more, grow more, and give more. Help all of us do that. And many of you, many of you made commitments uh, to going more, growing more, and giving more. And we're about halfway through that campaign right now. We've got another 18 months. Now, let me just say this. For a lot of you, who've come to Fellowship of Grace in the last year and a half. Um, if you have joined our church and you've gone through the Fog Connect class, which we talk about the campaign at the end, and you haven't committed to the campaign in any way yet, I'm probably going to be calling you in the next month or so and just want to get with you, talk through the campaign, see if you understand it. And if you say, listen, Michael, I don't want to go more. I don't want to grow more. I don't want to give more. I pass. Fine. I won't ever talk to you about it again, okay? But if it's because you just haven't had the card with you or you needed to think about it and now you're ready to commit or whatever, uh, we just want to follow up with you and let you know. Uh, so don't, don't not answer your phone because I'm calling you, okay? Just, just answer it and we'll get together and talk about it. That's all we're going to do. I don't want to scare you, all right? But we're halfway through that campaign and it's exciting. Uh, in fact, part of that uh, 57,000 for the building came through the giving more part uh, and our, our growth a part of the growth in our regular budgeting is um, because of the grow more. Uh, part of the people going on mission is the going more. And so all of these things are kind of intertwined. So let's talk about looking ahead to 2019. Anyway, 2018 was a busy year. Not done. God did a lot of cool things here. Um, I'm excited about how he's worked in people's lives. Uh, hopefully how he's worked in your life. Uh, but I'm excited about 2019. Let's talk about that. Before we talk about specifics, I always want to re review our mission because our mission is kind of like water in a bucket with a hole in it. You carry it around and it just kind of leaks out. And we, if we don't talk about it, we just kind of forget it and we get off base. Well, we want to talk about it every once in a while to make sure that we stay focused on the important things that we're doing. And we find our mission out of two passages, uh, out of a passage in Mark chapter 12 and out of a passage in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 28. Let's look at those two verses 
and then um, we'll talk about our mission for just a second, and then we'll talk about how that looks in 2019. First, it says in Mark, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Let's keep that in mind, and then let's look at Matthew chapter 28. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, out of those two passages, we see our mission, which is this. Love God, love others, make disciples. That's all we do here. Everything we do should tie back to loving God, loving others, and making disciples. We are not a church with 50 different clubs. Uh, you know, you don't need a quilting club to just come and a bunch of Christian ladies quilt together. If you want to do that, just go to somebody's home and do it. Church doesn't need to be involved in that. If you want a car club where guys get together and look at old cars, great. Just go do that. You don't need the church to be involved in that. That's not a church ministry. We are about loving God, loving others, and making disciples. That's what we are here to do. So let's talk about how that looks in 2019. First, we're going to continue measuring those three things, attending, connecting, and serving. Remember, attendance we measure. We measure connecting through core groups and community groups, and we measure uh, being involved in ministry somehow by serving. So we're going to continue focusing on that. We're going to continue the 3G campaign that overlaps in some of those areas. We're going to complete the building expansion. We're going to continue mission endeavors, all the mission endeavors that we're currently uh, involved in. We're going to continue and then we're going to add into that trying to connect with the school district and uh, then also with Park University. We've had some really good connections with Park University, especially in the international student group. And so uh, we're going to have some ways to get in, in contact and get connected to international students this year to interact with them. Now, isn't, wouldn't it be really cool if we could go to 30 different countries this year and do a mission to 30 different countries? That would be enormous. But the resources involved in that would be excruciatingly painful, right? Uh, but what if we connected with 30 international students from 30 different countries? What if they came to know Christ as their Savior? What if they got discipled here over the course of a couple of years while they're in school and we sent them back to their own country as a missionary to their own people in their own culture? Pretty cool strategy. If we could do that, that would be awesome. So we want to really connect with these international students. So you'll be praying about that. We're going to also do vacation Bible school again and definitely take the kids to youth camp. We're going to do some evangelistic training with the Gideons International. Uh, many of you know who the Gideons are. You think of them as the people that put Bibles into hotels, right? And they still do that, which is kind of cool. Uh, when I was a kid, they actually passed out New Testaments and uh, Psalms and Proverbs uh, at school. There was one day at school where they gave us New Testaments. Uh, I know that's like heresy now. You, you know, get shot for saying something stupid like that. But, but they've got a new Bible that they've put together, that, which is specifically for the purpose of interacting with people at their doorstep. 
There's some things at the very beginning of it and things on the back. And so um, we're going to actually do this with them. Some of them are going to come here. They're going to do a little short training with us. We're going to go out into the community and hand out these Bibles, ask them, uh, have some conversations with people, and hopefully share the gospel with them and lead them to Jesus. We're introducing the ministry grid. The ministry grid is actually a training platform that will allow us to do video training uh, for every one of the ministry responsibilities in our church. So if you are putting donuts on the plate and helping with refreshments, there will be some training videos that you can actually watch to go and see how we'd like you to do that. And that makes it a lot easier for people to get trained consistently. If you've ever been in a work situation or a church situation where there's three different people that train three different ways and you, you don't know really what to do, this is going to be a very consistent way to train people, get them up to speed. And then if we get a little bit lazy for the leader to say, hey guys, we aren't handling this very well, um, why don't you guys review the video before you come to church this Sunday? And in a five-minute video, they can just review the training and do the things that we need to do better. We've got some evangelistic events and ministries that we're going to take place to just connect with our community and get to know them, share the gospel with them. We're going to continue with Upward Basketball or a similar ministry. We just completed our fifth year of Upward Basketball. We don't ever want to be one of those churches that does this thing, whatever this thing is, uh, forever because we just have always done this thing. And so what we're looking at is, is there another ministry uh, where we can put in the same amount of resources, time, energy, effort, and have a better return on our investment? In other words, if, if we, can, we can spend all this time and money and effort in something else and lead more people to Christ and connect with more people, disciple more people, we want to try to find that. So we're kind of just reviewing that, but we'll do something there. We're going to continue Financial Peace University to help people get a hold of their finances. Pastor John is actually going through church planter assessment with the North American Mission Board uh, in the spring. Uh, now, you may or may not know that when Pastor John and Dee, uh, his wife Dee, came to Fellowship of Grace, uh, they came here because he wanted to be a church planter. He felt like God was really calling him to plant and start a new church. And so he came to Fellowship of Grace because we were, you know, we're only 12 years old. This is a church plant. Now, we're far down the road, but, but he wanted to come here and kind of get his feet wet, get trained, get discipled on what it's like to, to plant a church. And um, so he's going through assessment with the North American Mission Board uh, for them to assess how he will do as a church planter. So they'll give him some, uh, some uh, uh, help, uh, they'll give him some suggestions, and he'll be preparing uh, to plant a church over on the Kansas side uh, in the Leavenworth-Lansing area. And so um, uh, he's going to be doing that at some point, don't know when, but uh, he's going to be going through that assessment pretty soon this year. And then Christopher Argent, who came onto our church, into our church about uh, 15 months ago or so, he's the director of Youth and Children's Ministries. Uh, he's going through the process now of becoming a fog elder. A few months ago, we just felt like Christopher has a calling on his life to be a pastor, and he knew that when he came here. We knew that when he came here. Uh, but we think it's really important when a church has somebody become a pastor, an elder of the church, that when we tell you about it, you should all go, oh yeah, you mean he's not already? Of course he should be. And so we wanted him to come and just kind of get his feet wet, kind of get to know you all and all that kind of stuff. He's been going through a process already where he filled out an enormous amount of questions about his theology and doctrine, about his practices, um, about his family, about just his life. Uh, and we, as the elders, have already uh, grilled him on those and uh, taken him to task 
uh, on those. You know, it's, it's kind of a hard process because we ask a lot of really deep questions. They always get tripped up on where do you think the Ark of the Covenant is buried? I don't know why. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, not quite that hard. But he's gone through that process. So in this process that we have here at Fellowship of Grace, he's now in the 30-day kind of review process. And what that means is you as a congregation, we let you know that he's being considered as an elder. You have 30 days. If you know of a reason that Christopher should be disqualified as an elder, you need to go and talk to him. And after you talk to him, ask him to come and talk to us about that issue. Now you can find those character qualifications. We don't have time this morning. You can find those character qualifications in the book of 1 Timothy and in the book of Titus, specific qualifications for being a pastor elder. If you don't think he's qualified, go talk to him. And if he thumbs his nose at you after you talk to him, then you come and talk to one of the elders, okay? Because we want to understand if there's something hidden in a man's life that you know about, we need to unveil it and work through that, okay? So that process is starting today. So you've got 30 days to talk to him or to us if you feel like he is uh, disqualified. And if we don't hear from you in 30 days, we'll go on to the next step in the process. Here's the good part. We are growing spiritually and geographically at a good pace. I mentioned there's three ways that we grow. Spiritually, our church is growing. Uh, people are, are, are giving up sin. They are, they are investing in others. They are becoming more generous. There are just many ways that we are seeing the church growing spiritually. Our church is growing geographically in the sense that we have people going on mission. We are uh, reaching people outside of our church. We are geographically growing. Numerically, however, uh, we are not growing that well. And I forgot to mention to you, I think on that first slide, uh, even though we're kind of uh, stayed the same this year in our attendance, we've actually had uh, 30 new adult members this year join and they have 13 children. So we've actually grown by 43 people this year. We've just had a lot of families move out of Kansas City, which I can't imagine anybody ever moving out of Kansas City, but they did. And so, um, and of course, some people just, you know, change churches or whatever. Um, but uh, we, we have been growing. We've just been losing at the same rate we're growing and we need to grow faster, okay? We need to get better at growing numerically. We need to focus on that this year. We need to grow numerically. And again, it's not to say that we have so many people in church or we're a bigger church than so-and-so. I don't even keep track of that gunk. But it is important because there are a lot of lost people around us. I know some of you have seen this before, but man, this, this just, and you need to see this. You need to think about this. This is a map of Missouri, as you can see, and every county is a different color. The uh, index is there on the right-hand side. And the bright orange, if you can tell where Platte County is there on your left, is that bright orange. That means that 85 to 95% of the people in Platte County are not evangelical Christians. I'll explain to you what that means here in just a minute. In Clay County, that's right next to it, those are 75 to 85% of the people, or 84% actually, are not evangelical Christians. So evangelical Christians, when they did this survey, evangelical Christians are people who, who, who answer yes to these three questions. Do you believe the Bible is the infallible word of God? Do you believe faith in Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation? And do you believe it's important to share your faith with others? If you answer yes to all three of those, you're considered an evangelical Christian. If you answer no to even one of those, this survey would say, mm, you probably aren't an evangelical Christian. You are not a Christian who's put your faith and trust in Christ and think that's the only way to heaven, and so you're sharing it with others. And let me show you a little close up there so you can kind of see where they are. Platte County 
is the most lost county in all of Missouri per capita. Now, Jackson County has more lost people because we've just got three times more people, okay? But per capita, we are, Platte County right here is the most lost county in all of Missouri. In Clay and Platte Counties, folks, there are 300,000 people who would not answer those three questions, yes. Where are they? They need, to, they need to hear the gospel. They need to understand. They need to understand that they are sinners, that they can't do anything about overcoming their sin, that their sin separates them from God. And only by putting their faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross can they be saved and forgiven from those sins. They need to know that. They need to hear that. Let me just share with you a few more stats and then we'll call it a day. But I want this to motivate you because we've got to get better at this, folks. We, we, we just ha- we're surrounded by people who don't know Jesus and we're not reaching them fast enough. We can't, if, we keep, if they keep moving in at 10,000 people a year and we keep winning them at 12 or 15 a year, you see the problem? I mean, if there's 100 more churches like us winning 12 to 15, which most of them aren't, by the way, we're still losing the battle significantly. Let me show you some stats. Let these just land on you. This is according to Outside the Walls, which is a survey company that does surveys and certifies them and then publishes their findings. So 70% of the unchurched say they have never been invited to a church service in their whole lives. Now, if you grew up in the church, you might go, that's just impossible. I don't, I don't even believe that's true. I, I can't tell you how many weddings I've done where maybe the couple is maybe members of our church and one of their friends, one of their bridesmaids walks in and goes, oh, this is, this, I've never been in church before. I've never come to a church before. This is kind of cool. And my mind is just blown. I'm like, you've, you've never been in a church for a wedding or a funeral or anything? They've just never come. It happens. In fact, these people say 70% of the unchurched say they've never been invited to a church service. 71% of the unchurched say they are likely to accept a personal invitation from a family member, friend, or neighbor to attend church. So the vast majority of them would come if we just invited them. It didn't say if we paid them. But let me tell you, let me tell you, you'll get a whole lot more yeses if you'll offer to take them to lunch after church. And by the way, some good Mexican food down there at Rancho Grande. Let me do a little advertising. Not that expensive. You can take your friends there. 80% of the unchurched are open to the gospel. That means what I just shared with you a minute ago about how a person can know Christ. 80% of them are open to it. That doesn't mean they're going to accept it. But at least when you share the gospel with them, they'll go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah I'd like to hear that. When I ask people, hey, hey, I, I got something really important in my life that I want to share with you. Could I just take five minutes to share that with you? I don't even remember the last time somebody goes, nope, don't want to hear it. They all at least want to hear it. And many of them, many of them will give their life to it. 76% of people attending a church service for the first time are there because someone they know invited them. Now we had you do this little survey. And guess what the number one reason by almost 50% Guess what the number one reason is that people came to Fellowship of Grace for the first time? You're invited by a friend or a family member. I mean, 
Here's, here's the survey. You can go back, you can go look at it right now. You can go see the results. Most of you are here, not everybody, but a lot of you, most of you are here because somebody here invited you to come here. And so you're already here. So you need to go invite other people to come here with you so they can be here too. See how many times I can get here in a sentence. All right. Now listen, this is, this is important. Only 7% of churchgoers, that's us, only 7% of churchgoers consistently spend time building relationships with non-Christians for the purpose of sharing Christ with them. Seven people out of every hundred, that means Fellowship of Grace, if we're averaging 200 on a Sunday, only 14 people out of the 200 are actively building relationships with somebody to share the gospel with them. Now, I'm pretty confident if you came across the sole cure for cancer, you'd be telling a whole lot more people than nobody about it. We have the cure for a person's sinful life. We have the cure for somebody feeling disconnected from God. We have the cure, not to make people's lives perfect or wonderful all the time. We have the cure for being disconnected from God and feeling like we're all alone. And it's Jesus. But this stat is the one that really breaks my heart. Only 2% of churchgoers invited an unchurched person to church in the last year. Now, I will tell you that Fellowship of Grace does way better than 2%. Because if half of you are here because somebody invited you, then we know that more than 2% are inviting people, right? And I'm glad about that. But we need to get better at this. We need to get better at this. We need to be more focused on this. As I was thinking through this, praying through this, putting this together, and, and thinking that there's 300,000 lost people all around us, they're open to the gospel, they're open to coming to church, just nobody ever invites them. I, I just wonder, do we, do we really care about them? Do, do we really care that 300,000, that's five full chief stadiums, that that many people in our two counties are lost without Christ? Does it bother us? It should. It should bother us. We need to get better this year. Right now, starting today, we need to get better at inviting people to church, sharing our testimony with them, and sharing the gospel. Now listen, when I talk about sharing your testimony, I'm not talking about, hey, I got to go to a Bible class and learn this stuff. I went skydiving a few years ago, and I can tell you how cool it is. I don't know much about it. All I know is there was a guy strapped onto my back and I sat on the side of the plane and I fell out and it was really cool and it was awesome and I needed to pick up my feet up when I hit the ground. That's it. That's all I know. I don't know anything more than that. I am not an expert at skydiving, but I can tell you how cool it was because I experienced it. Listen, if you've had a real experience with God through his son, Jesus Christ, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. Just tell people about your experience. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to know where the Ark of the Covenant's buried. All you got to do is say, listen, I, I felt disconnected from God and I gave my life to Jesus and he's changed my marriage and he's changed my family and he's changed how I parent and my life is just a lot better. It's not perfect. I still have problems, but he's there to help me. 
every single person who's experienced God can share that. And we need to do that more. We need to do that more. And lastly, sharing the gospel. Our church, I think we do a pretty good job of teaching you how to share the gospel. We've, we've taught you over the last couple of years several different ways to share the gospel. Just a few weeks back in November, we shared with you the Evangel Cube and how to do that. Remember that? Uh, Mimi English, a member of our church, she put that on her uh, uh, desk, on a, I guess a shelf by her desk at work. She said it was really funny because uh, five or six people came by while she was on the phone and they looked at it and they kind of looked at it and pulled it apart, you know, and did all the things. With, and she was on the phone, couldn't talk to them about it. And they were tired of waiting, so they set it back down and left. She got really frustrated because she said like five or six different people did that at different times. She's getting really frustrated. I couldn't tell anybody about it. She said then like five or six of them got together and all came to her desk when she wasn't on the phone one time and goes, okay, you got to tell us what this thing is. I mean, somebody, five or six people coming to her desk saying, share the gospel with me, please. And she did. Now, none of them gave their life to Christ in that moment, but they were open to it. They heard it. And you know what will happen? So one of them's going to go through some kind of a tragedy. And they're going to come to Mimi and they're going to say, hey, listen, I, I don't know what to do. Can your God help me? Folks, I know you care. I know your heart. I know you. But we got to get that to the forefront of our minds. I'm going to go after church and have lunch like I always do at Rancho Grande after church. And I'm going to ask my waitress for the umpteenth time, how can I pray for him or her? I know most of them by name now. They know what's coming. They know I'm going to ask them. And they're getting ready for me because at first it was, I don't know, uh, pray I have a good day. Okay, I'll do that. And now it's like, well, my grandma's sick. Well, hey, I'm going to have a test in a couple of weeks and I really need help with that. Would you? They're, like getting, they're getting more into this with me. Listen, we just need to be the light and the salt to the world. Okay? Somebody shared the gospel with me when I was lost as lost could be. And I'm still just a knucklehead. I don't even know why God cares about me. It doesn't make any sense to me, but he does. And the knucklehead that drives you crazy at work, God cares about him too, or her. Okay? So let's go and share the gospel with people. Let's do more this year than build buildings and have ministries and give money and do those. Those things are all good and they're all right. But but if we aren't winning people to Jesus, it's all for nothing. It's all for nothing. Let's pray. Father, help us, God. Keep this at the forefront of our minds all year. Put us in people's paths. Help us to connect with people who, who are far from you but need to hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Father, help us to be open about our testimony and share how wonderful you've been to us You've been so good to me, I, I, I just can't even, I can't even express it in words. God, help us to be ready to share the gospel when we get the opportunity. And help us to love people and invite them to church. They're going to hear the gospel if they come here. And so God, help us to just invite our friends and neighbors, those we care about, those we love. Help us just to invite them, not be afraid. Uh, I pray, pray you protect us from Satan's lies that people are going to, uh, just be mean to us and torture us and make fun of us and do a bunch of goofy things if we tell them that we go to church. That just doesn't happen. And so God, help us to overcome those fears. 
Help us to overcome that and to be who you want us to be in this world. Use Fellowship of Grace in 2019 to push back the darkness in Clay and Platt counties. God, break our hearts for those around us who are far from you and use us in a great way to minister to them. In Jesus' name, amen.